0: Hello, everybody. I just wanted to let you know before we get the podcast started, we do have podcast merchandise that's available in the description of this podcast. There is a link there that will take you to our Teespring account. We have a brand new shirt, the uh, inside joke, and uh, some coffee mugs, and even a COVID mask because we are uh, trying to capitalize on this pandemic uh, for profit. We are no different than the pharmaceutical companies, folks. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It just, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyway, go over there to our Teespring. Buy something. It'll make me happy. Uh, Enjoy the podcast. up everybody and welcome to episode number 201 201 wow that's a lot of episodes for uh what's today thursday september 24th 2020 we took a week off last week after doing uh episode number 200 because it was like almost three hours of just us in your ears and so well we- that but also scheduling conflicts yeah, I mean, that's that's code for, you know, we just don't really like each other that much and it's just hard for us to be in each other's presence for that long. But um, yeah, anyway, um, this is, so basically this is like, um, you know, you have, you have like a, a, ha- a Christmas party at, at school. And there's chips, and there's candy, and, like, everyone's sitting at the desks, but they're not doing schoolwork. They're just, like, goofing off and all that shit. And then, like, after Christmas, you return back to school. It's like, all right, nothing is special anymore. Back to school. Get your fucking books out. And you're just like, ugh, I hate my life. That's where we're at right now. Because last week was just nothing but pretty much indulging in our podcastiness, and now, yeah, it now was just
1: one uh, three hour long uh, pat on the back.
0: I wouldn't say that per se. I mean, we did read the one star reviews. No, I know, but I was, you know,
1: but yeah. even with the one star reviews, we were still kind of you know. re- re- refuting them and saying how great yeah. we actually were. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go.
0: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, before we get started with anything, I did want to promote this before I forget. Uh, One of our listeners, uh, Tony Palacio, um, you know, just yet another person who listened to our podcast and said, hey, if those two idiots can do a podcast, maybe I can do one too. Uh, He actually started a podcast and he asked me to plug it on here. And I said, sure. And he's like, oh, I bet you're so tired of people asking you to plug their podcasts. I'm like, there's only been like one other person besides you, my man. That's what you didn't know. And that is our uh, my good friend, Zach Weber, from the Knights of Vader podcast. Uh, he went out and started his podcast after hearing ours. So Tony has done the same thing. His podcast is called There Is Something Out There. There oh. Is Something Out There. And um, Zach, with his podcast, went in a Star Wars direction. Tony is staying true to the uh, format of, of us, I guess, what kind of stuff we do. Uh, he's His podcast covers true crime. The unexplained, unsolved uh things, weird news, bizarre, and macabre. Uh he's uh, recording episode two right now, apparently. Um and I he sent me like uh the the intro. It was like a one or two minute thing, and uh he's got a nice voice. Uh he looked like he'd have like a pervert's voice when I saw because I only saw pictures of him, you know, and I'm like, oh, this guy's probably gonna be like, hey, my name's Captain Spocky, come over here for some candy. But uh, no, he actually, uh, he sounds, he's got a good voice, good audio. It's not one of those annoying, you know, tin can in a basement audio thing. So I would go check it out. Um, you know, give Tony some love. I don't know where the hell you can get his podcast. Um, I'm assuming everywhere. I don't know. But yeah, so there's that. Mike, how you been, man? How you been doing? It's been I'm two been
1: weeks. I'm doing all right, except for this uh, annoying random itch in my throat. I'm doing fine. Is your, ho- uh, is your house still on fire, or have you put it out yet? <laughs> the smoke has died down considerably. It, it's way better than it, it uh, was. Uh, it's actually been raining fairly recently, so... It's pretty much been uh, wiped out. We still have the sc- air scrubbers on at work, though, and that's fucking obnoxious and, and loud and annoying. What, are the, what do those do? Uh, they... Uh, are kind of like fans, but I think they like suck air in and then filter it out, you know, like they scrub bad air, huh? You know, because this, you know, it says HVAC on it, so maybe it's, a, it, I don't think it's an HVAC, it, it, it actually says HERC. I don't know what HERC stands for,
0: hmm.
1: um, but yeah,
0: for those of you who don't know, Mike lives in the Pacific Northwest, uh, in Washington, and um, even though I don't think, I don't
1: think washington in particular was on fire it might have been no washington was oh it was washington, okay there was definitely a part of washington that was it started out in california because of some stupid uh gender reveal party where someone decided uh it was a great idea to light up explosives in the dry forest and somewhere in california are you serious that's how it started yes
0: I thought it was just like nature, like, like, no, like a natural. No.
1: Wow. All that devastation. started. Well, not, I mean, not all of it, but like it, it it was kickstarted by that. I mean, there was still some natural stuff because, you know, that's what happens this time of year. There mm. were some other people who were trying to light fires on their own, but this is like the main catalyst. Holy like, it's shit. Not the only thing. Are they like but... doing jail time for that? I I don't I I think they got off pretty easy if I remember correctly. I I don't know the full details. I don't even know if they've even got people have died of victory res- just yet. I know
0: as a result and of that millions
1: of dollars in damages. And this is something that uh, just seems like deja vu because this happened in Oregon where you know a bunch of idiots lit off fireworks in the forest and burned down uh, a ton of acres of old growth. Um. A couple years ago. So here we have another fire. And yeah, gender reveal party. Congratulations! It's a fire. <laughs> Jesus. I can't I did not know that. That is insane. And apparently there's uh there are other instances of gender reveal parties going horribly awry. Like there was one that happened a couple years ago, where a grandmother died at the gender reveal party because of the explosives that they were using. Um, And in the same state, there was another incident that happened like a week or two later where someone almost died. It's because it's Tannerite. You can buy these gender reveal explosive kits online that are made with Tannerite. Which is an incredibly explosive uh, thing. So, uh, and they're they're not really controlled that well in terms of what how much is in it and so on and so forth. So, it, it just it just can be an absolute disaster. Um, I don't I don't know what's wrong with just hey fill up a balloon with some fucking blue or pink powder. And, you know, or and, and pop it, you know? Why do we need to get bigger and badder and better with fucking gender reveal parties? And you know that gender reveal parties, like, the origin of it is actually uh, really kind of tragic because the first ever gender reveal party was by this woman who kept having miscarriages and was not able to have a baby, so she had this gender reveal party to kind of, you know... Help her, you know, get over, you know, her grief. But then now everyone's like picking up on it, and now they're just like gender reveal parties, you know, making YouTube videos and making it bigger and louder and more obnoxious. And I'm wondering if that's
0: why I'm seeing. I'm I've been seeing on my Facebook news feed all uh, kind of like a backlash against gender reveal parties. Now that's I, why. I, 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 that oh, okay, so that makes sense. I guess that's why I'm seeing that. So I'm like, why is everyone like? I was like, is this, is this yet another like step in our political correctness where now we're going to rail against Jet No. Okay. So that, okay. That makes sense. That makes
1: more sense. It was just uh, a, it was immediate too. They lit off the explosive and then boom, like everything was just on fire and (laughs) they they didn't, they didn't even bring any, uh, uh, water or anything. So they couldn't put it out and just got out of control. So. You know
0: that's one thing you'll never hear about, like a Florida forest fire. Now watch, someone's gonna pull up an article. Actually, back in blah blah, yeah. for <laughs> for for the fucking most part, Florida it, it is always damp. Every the ground, you could dig like maybe uh you could dig like a foot into uh-huh. the ground and you're gonna hit damp, mucky yeah soil. Like yeah. we are saturated with water all the. T- it's it's that's why it's so humid here constantly. Is not dry, is humid, uh-huh. and and we get hurricanes. So we get our that's that's the fun thing that we get.
1: Which are, are, I heard a rumor that someone the next hurricane name might be Karen. Can you imagine that hurricane Karen? Um, I heard that they're starting to name them like by the uh, the
0: alpha beta. You know, Gamma, like, they're going to start naming them like yeah, that. Yeah, but Greek.
1: Hurricane Karen. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw a fucking Dr. Phil episode on about Karens the other day. Dr. Yeah. Phil's just gone downhill. He's like, a oh, Karen is a white, privileged, entitled suburban woman. And it's like, oh my God, Dr. Phil, you are so... F- you're <laughs> doing literally, like... He, Dr. Phil's like the guy he's like subtly trying to sit at the cool kids table. And like when he yeah. clearly doesn't belong there anymore, he's like, Hey fam, your sunglasses are totally Gucci. And it's like, "Ugh, yeah. Dr. Phil, don't, don't try to don't. I mean, I guess that's what you got to do to get views, but it's just
1: weird yeah. when older, you know, it, like, it is, it is kind of weird for sure. It's, um, like, it's like, you're but too speaking old, of old to know about Hurricane this, Karen. Um, I, I, this was a, technically a male Karen I dealt with um, <clears throat> yesterday. Nice. So I was uh, dealing with a long line because we were shorthanded, as usual. <clears throat> and this guy pops up you know, his head behind, you know, uh, the... We have this uh, setup of tower baskets with, like, bargain bins and stuff. And that's usually where people are standing in line across from the registers. So he peeks his head over, you know, like a prairie dog, uh, more like an angry prairie dog. And he's all like, are you going to, uh, have any more, uh, backups? Like, are you, are you, are you the only one working today? You know, like the kind of, you know, really kind condescending or, or, you know, irritated tone of voice. Um, Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, we're a little short-handed, uh, I'll call for backup. I, I already called for backup, and then I called for backup again, because I was the only other person who was on the clock who could run the register, other than the man, one of the managers who was busy doing a bunch of different things. The other manager was on break, uh, and there was this new guy, but he didn't know how to run the register yet. So I was basically just stuck with this long line and having to deal with it. And... When it comes time for me to help this guy, I immediately notice something is is off because he's holding a a box that does not look familiar to me. And then he brings this box up to the register. It's a bomb! It's it's a shark vacuum cleaner of some kind. It's like a shark floor uh, cleaner vacuum combo deal. I have a shark vacuum cleaner. And I'm like... Uh, sir, I don't believe we we sell these. Uh, I don't think we sell this item in in the store. And he's trying to return it. I was like, well, maybe not at this location. And he was still trying to be a dick about it. And so I was like, I called my manager over. And then he read through his receipt and then pointed out that it says Bed Bath and Beyond on it. <laughs> and so then he had to do this walk of shame out out the store where he was just like. Yeah, he he points out it's Bed Bath and Beyond, and then he's like, "Oh, well, um, well, there might
0: it <laughs> might be Michael's and Bed Bath and Beyond store because th- maybe it's that, maybe it's a double <laughs> store." Yeah,
1: uh, like when you have A and W and KFC. Yeah, no, that's not that's not the case here. Or wasn't there like a Taco Bell and a Pizza Hut? Like they were both combined. And they, or some they, weird they, thing?
0: they throw together all that kind of shit. It's almost like festivals now with bands. It's like, uh, the like Disturbed isn't a big enough band anymore to draw on their own. So you see these festivals with Disturbed and Godsmack and Metallica and all these uh-huh. other big, big, because that's what it takes now to yeah. give people, well, now, now, I mean, during the before the pandemic, um, They have all these, like, big bands. yeah, like, I
1: wish I went to this festival in, uh, I think it was in Oklahoma City somewhere, or it was in Oklahoma somewhere, where you had uh, Scorpions, Dawkins. you know. Oh, God, that's like all your
0: favorite bands.
1: Yeah, it had a bunch of these older, you know, uh, uh, 80s uh, rock, you know, uh, metal bands. Uh, Cinderella was also going to be there. So that Ooh, really Cinderella! Cool.
0: Hopefully, uh, they they better get done playing before midnight, or they'll <laughs> turn into a fucking rock and roll pumpkin.
1: Uh, oh my god! But anyway, yeah, I wonder, it was I wonder t- how many times they've gotten that joke as a band from people. It was it was t- probably as many times as I've been uh, asked if uh, the store is mine or you oh, know Jesus. How, how everyone is incredulous of, at the fact that I'm a Mike who works at Michaels. Oh my god. <laughs> But you you must have seen that coming though. Yeah, I did. But at this but at the same time, like I I'd, I'd be a rich man if I got a dollar for every time anybody did that. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love that you get tortured like that. That brings me joy.
0: Oh, <laughs> do I was kind of a male Karen today um, yeah. myself. Uh, I Again? was.
1: A- you're yeah. really starting to morph. You're really I know. Starting to shift. There's something so that you're happens. You're going to have that. That hairstyle, and Mm -hmm. and, uh... I'm working on it already. (laughs) Yeah, I was at Publix today, and
0: good God, man, like Publix is a grocery store in the southeast of uh, the United States. Um, They're in other areas, but that's mainly where they're known to be at. And they're known to be a higher quality grocery store than like a Winn Dixie or a Food Lion or whatever, if you have any of those. I don't know, but. um, You know, they're, you know, they're higher quality, better shopping experience, you know, cleaner, just better in general. And so they have their deli department and they make subs. And it was almost like an afterthought, I guess, because they're like, well, we're already selling, you know, French bread or hoagies or whatever. and We're already selling meat and cheese. Fuck it. Let's, you know, open up a subdivision, subdivision, subdivisions (laughs) in the high school halls. Sorry. Um... So, they have like a sub area and they've become like really popular for their subs because their subs are really good. And the only problem is, since they're not just a standalone sub chain, a lot of times it's the people who end up making the subs are people who have to like, you know, go from the deli department to the sub area. Like, oh, we have a customer now. So, basically, like, they're not really trained to be the quickest and most efficient at making subs my point is is that getting a sub from Publix takes goddamn forever and god help you if the person in front of you is getting more than one sub because you're going to be sitting there for at least a good 10 or 15 minutes for that person to make two subs there was like four people in front of me and every single goddamn one of them got two or three subs each and I was literally in line for, like, 35 or 40 minutes just to get a fucking sub. Oh, yeah. And, I'll, you know, you, you drive to the grocery store, you park in the parking lot, you walk in, you stand in line. And it's like, by that point, you're already kind of, like, committed. Because it's not like a fast food restaurant where you're in line. It's like, fuck it, this is taking too long. You just drive out of the line. Like, I'm in the fucking store, you know. Like, my car is, like, fucking 50 yards away, you know. I have to commit to this stupid-ass line. So... I, I just kept saying all this. Pa- well, it wasn't even passive aggressive, or maybe it was. I just, I was just like saying it out out loud to myself in front of everyone, you know, as if they even gave a shit. I was like, "Geez, this is like a marathon of sub making right here." Been standing in line for thirty minutes. God, it's like this every time I come here. And I guarantee you, the people around me was like, "What a whiny little bitch." I wish he would just shut the fuck up. And you know I, I get like that when i get hungry i'm really an awful person to be around when i get hungry uh i get super entitled and so I,
1: you're a karen when you're hungry when i'm
0: hungry yes i so abso- the- i absolutely <laughs> want to speak to the manager when i'm hungry
1: uh, that sounds like a great uh what what snickers commercial pitch
0: yeah i mean know? you know the whole you're not yourself when you're hungry it's true it. I mean, yeah. you should.
1: You shouldn't eat a Snickers. I mean, that's not. What so you should it would do. just be. It would just be the whole. You know, you're just a stereotypical, like, uh, annoying, uh, condescending uh, this white suburban mom with the haircut yeah. and all, who <laughs> likes to complain a lot. And then when I eat the Snickers
0: bar, I turn back into me. <laughs> that would be funny, but but of course they would have to. Uh, they would. They would. That would. They would get into a heap of controversy because. You know, all, all the suburban white women of the world would, uh, you know, complain about that. Um, I, I'm even starting to see some movements now where, like, like women are like, "Oh, you're basically." When you call us Karen, it's a
1: racial slur,
0: and you're oh, basically... Oh, I remember, I
1: remember seeing that. It's not a racial slur. You're, you're, you're putting
0: it. down... You're te- basically telling a woman to shut up and not have an opinion. No. And it's like, me- meanwhile, everyone's over here calling us Kyles and Chads, yeah. and, and there's yeah. all these derogatory yeah. names for guys, yeah. but where where's our goddamn hashtag? Where's uh-huh. our... It's a racial slur. It's like, no, it's not a fucking racial slur. We're not talking about all women. We're talking about this very certain group that everybody has experienced in their life at one point or another. Everyone has experienced a Karen in their life. Um, And I'm sure the term isn't going to last, you know, forever. Like most things these days, everyone's attention span. I don't know, Kyle
1: and Chad, those have lasted Quite a
0: long time. Kyle kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like Kyle was like a last year thing. The punch in the drywall yeah. and the, <laughs> and the Monster know. Energy drink. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that's um, I guess that's my my male Karen story. This is a podcast about uncovering unexplained mysteries. People, we mainly cover the show Unsolved Mysteries, and uh, this week is no different. Um, I guess we'll start with Mike's pick. Okay. Because we didn't really talk about the order, but whatever.
1: Yeah, so my pick uh, for this week is the case of Joe O'Brien. Now, I think, was this included on the Psychics uh, box set? Because this seems like something that would be included on the Psychics set. Yeah, it Um, was. It was. So I didn't remember seeing this uh, particular segment, or it had been a long time since I saw it last, so it really stood out to me. As one of the more compelling uh, instances of psychic phenomena, because there was not only one person who uh, could actually confirm the results of what was going on, but another person. So it wasn't one of those things where it's just one person saying that this happened, and then you just have to kind of take their word for it. Right. So, in January of 1991, a Crestline, California man named Joe O'Brien was worried about his close friend of 13 years, a Kuwaiti jet pilot named Mohammed Sami Mubarak, as the Operation Desert Storm began. Uh, One evening, he saw Sami on the television, and he learned that he had been captured and he was being held prisoner. Later that night, Joe had a strange and shocking dream. In his dream, he was aware that he was actually Sammy. He realized that he was in a cold prison cell and all he had was a small striped blanket with an intricate pattern. He also realized uh, that his wrists were incredibly sore and he remembered that he was in great pain because of his wrists. And I thought the, the uh, folks who worked on this segment in terms of lighting it, in terms of shooting it, they did a great job creating this nightmarish... Uh, sell, uh, and in a very uh effective dream or nightmare quality for this particular uh, segment. And shortly afterwards, uh, Joe woke up and he found that his wrists were sore, just like in his dream. And that's insane to me. Like that's some nightmare in Elm Street kind of shit right there, where like y- you have a dream and your wrists hurt and they're really sore, and then you wake up, and your wrists are still really sore, and then he had these sore wrists that lasted for over five days. And then you find out later that that's the exact amount of time that Sammy was held captive, was five days.
0: That's, that's, that's like, um, what's-his-face, uh, Padre Pio getting yeah. the uh, the dogma insignia in it, with the holes forming in his hands mm-hmm. that's, that simulated the nails that went through Jesus' yeah. hands on the cross or whatever. It's almost yeah. like a similar kind of thing manifesting. Well, this
1: one reminds me of uh, the stuff that goes on with identical twins. You know, there was a segment that talked about identical twins that was interesting. I don't right. know if we ever talked about that. No, I don't think we did, but um, I've seen it a lot. That would be an, a decent one to talk about sometime. Yeah. Because there's some interesting stuff about how they feel pain if one of them feels pain then the other feels pain so i guess there's a a chance that something like that could occur between uh best friends or really close to one another but this is like one of the first times i've ever heard of that kind of connection you know that isn't like blood you know it isn't like a connection by blood or or by dna or anything like that uh, or, and I do buy into the fact that twins, especially identical twins are really connected together spiritually. Uh, so I could see why there would be, you know, some connections in that, in that regard. Um, but this one just really just threw me for a loop. Cause I was like, for five days, like his wrists were super sore and like, he couldn't even like pick up a coffee cup. If, if and, you know,
0: if, if what he's saying, you know, actually went
1: down. Yeah, yeah, I know. There is that. But, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, what, what does he have to gain for this? Like, he just, really? Like, a tiny bit of fame on Unsolved Mysteries? Right. And, like, that's it? So, uh, shortly afterwards, uh, Joe woke up, found his wrists were sore, uh the same morning he met a friend John Go for breakfast. Uh the friend noticed that Joe's hands were red and he was having trouble picking up his coffee cup. So his friend also noticed that it, he had it, he was having problems with his wrists. Uh he then told John about his dream and the wrist pains. Uh Iraq surrendered and then Sammy was released. The following Christmas, uh Joe was reunited with Sammy and he told him about a strange dream. Uh, surprisingly, Sammy confirmed that all of the details in Joe's dream were accurate, including the pattern on the blanket and the very sore wrists, which happened because of very, uh, tightly, uh, bound handcuffs. And they show, like, in the reenactment how tight they were, and you're like, fuck, man, that's gotta, gotta be really rough. Just a hard, uh, sharp metal just locked in there, and then when they take them off, your, your wrists are still just absolutely jacked up because they're just like cut and sore and and when you look at your wrist there's not really a whole lot of like muscle or or like you know stuff that can kind of prevent you know soften the blow you know that kind of thing so that that's a pain that would be pretty damn persistent uh, Sammy talked about how the blanket uh, really meant a lot to him and uh, because it was uh, it, it kept him warm it was like his that it, was, really put, it was his only comfort in that it was his only comfort situation in that in that personal you know in that hell that he was that he was trapped in and can you imagine putting yourself in that situation where your only comfort is just a blanket
0: no, I can imagine that. I mean, uh, you know, when I yeah. when I went to uh when I went to jail, when I spent the night in jail for my DUI or whatever, like yeah. you when everything's taken away from you, even even if it was from a short even if it's only for a short period of time, you become so thankful for like the little things. Like even having like your if if I, even if I had my own cell where I had my own toilet, you know, like that would have been cool, you know, instead yeah. you have to like use a bathroom in front of everyone or like, like something like a pillow, you know, like they don't even have that yeah. So was,
1: or not in my cell at least. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, I can, I can totally understand that. I think that comes with, uh, more with experience. If you haven't really experienced something like that, then you don't really necessarily put yourself in, 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 uh, that position so quickly and, and, and so easily. Um, but, uh. Yeah, it just it's just amazing how just simple things in life can be so beneficial in situations like this. And uh uh Joe mentioned how he also kind of he felt that vibe in his dream that like this blanket was it was really important for some reason. And he couldn't really quite grasp uh, what the exact reason was. So uh yeah, Joe and Sammy they talked about it and they were both astonished and and pretty understandably stunned uh that uh there were so many connections uh to uh, the the uh horrific experience that Sammy went through. Um And that leads me to wonder, like, are there other instances like this where people just don't want to come forward and talk about it because they're like, you know, it's just a dream. It's just a coincidence. You know, they don't want to be embarrassed or think that, you know, some people might look at them like they're a quack or something. And I get it. Um, I haven't had any dreams that have been like connected that deeply to anything that has actually occurred in reality um i've had stuff that seems like it's real but then of course it's not it's just like i've already talked about it where you're going around you're just shopping somewhere and you find things that don't even exist but it's so vivid and it's so detailed that it, it it feels like it exists but then when you think about it you're like that doesn't exist. (laughs) So uh, that wasn't one that, that wasn't the kind of thing that Joe experienced. And I, I, I feel him, man that would have been really scary and, and kind of cool. But at the same time, if I was to experience something like that, and I actually had physical uh, uh, ailments or something that was tied to that, like that would just really, that would make you question a lot of things about how the mind and the body uh, work, and and all these other things. It would just be like whoa, like I, I mean, it, it would be one of those uh, Bill and Ted moments where they, you know, when they see their future selves and they're like whoa, because <laughs> it would just be one of those mind blowing kind of things. Um, have you had any dreams that have been close Not- to reality? <sighs> Not
0: really. I mean, my dreams are. Like, I'll, I'll be in a situation that seems real enough, but then there'll be some weird-ass aspect to it that yeah. just totally m- makes me know that it's a, it was a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, usually my dreams, uh, well, when I was younger, my dreams used to be fucking insane. Uh, now that I've gotten older, um, they're more normal. Like, I don't have yeah. nightmares anymore. I, I Do you act- have night terrors? No, I said nightmares. Okay. Um, the last bad dream I had, uh, I dreamed I got uh, sent, I got, speaking of jail, I dreamed I got sent back to jail for some reason. Whoa. Yeah, and they said- Do you said, remember what that reason was? I don't remember what the reason was, but I do remember the ho- utter hopelessness I felt when they told me that, that um, it was, They at first they said I was only going to have to spend uh, one more day in there, and then they said, oh, uh, the papers just came in. You actually have to spend another two weeks in here before we can let you go. And I just remember thinking like that feeling in the pit of your stomach just dropping. And you're just like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. This is like my worst nightmare. Then I woke up. I'm like, oh, my God, thank God that was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Like that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I've been in some situations in life that I thought was a dream because of how how crazy it was as far as like some accidents that I've been in and shit. yeah. Like, when my stupid cousin drove us into this retention pond with his truck, I thought that was kind of dreamlike for a second. I was like, there's no way this would just
1: really happen. Because of the water, right?
0: Well, I mean, you know, driving a goddamn vehicle into a retention pond is not something that you should ever do. You see it in the movies. Yeah. But, but you you know, and and the fact that it landed perfectly flat on the water and it didn't, you know, like... You know, turn over, and I got really lucky, man. I've 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 avoided For sure. I've
1: cheated death a few times in my life. You and me both. <laughs> I mean, at least once. No, no, I guess I there was that other time in Oklahoma City where I almost could have gotten hit even worse. That really felt like there was some kind of uh, I I I mean I'm not religious. But, uh, you know, I could see why somebody could look at that situation and be like, uh, I don't know, maybe you should be <laughs> running across the street, could, trying to go to a pawn shop, two lanes of traffic. Uh, I I a car comes, I see it, and uh, all I remember is, like, I somehow, like, in mid-run, the car's coming, and I just kind of, like skid alongside it like not, it's just a really weird like my hands just kind of scrape alongside it and and i, I it's, i'm okay and then like i i run you know further to the pawn shop it was like a really really surreal moment like that's the closest i guess i can come to saying like oh a dream like sort of thing in reality other than when i got hit by the car for real like i actually got hit instead of like like grazing like like going, you know, driving by me, and then like it's it's really hard to explain the the moment with with you know with, uh, in Oklahoma City because it's just it, it's it, it's like one of those things. It's like how did that happen? I still don't know how that happened. Um, but uh, in the second time when I got hit, that was very dreamlike because like you're flipping in the air and everything is just weird. Because you're seeing the sky, you know, you know, spinning,
0: yeah, right, yeah. Jesus Christ, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, especially knowing someone recently, a fellow karaoke DJ in Jacksonville that I went to high yeah, school you with. Told me yeah, about he that. got yeah. hit. He got hit by a drunk driver. He was on foot. He was a pedestrian, and they were obviously in their vehicle, and and they they hit him after some concert. Yeah, I and, heard about that. And yeah. he died. Yeah, yeah. So it's um. It's, dude. It's just one of those fucking things, man. You never know. You know, there's no. And speaking
1: of uh, running across the street, uh, I I get really irritated when I see people do that now. When they walk when they don't have to. Uh, so there was this one guy, this elderly guy. Troy is taking me to work, and he had to, you know, stomp his foot on the brakes to stop for hit- hitting this guy, because he's like. Running across the street against the light, you know, no crosswalk, no light at all. Like he's just trying to just run across the street. Crosswalk is not even that far away. He's just being lazy. And we don't honk the horn, but someone else honks the horn. Rightfully so, because they could have hit him too. And then, you know, they start yelling at him. He was like, hey, you know, what you, what are you, what the hell are you doing? You know, and then he's like, shut up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he walks further.
0: I like, I like I like his. There was res- some
1: like some guy in like his sixties or or seventies or, or some shit. And I was just like, do you want to end your life even earlier, man? Like what the fuck?
0: I like how his response to almost getting hit and getting yelled at about it is the same as a dad in a car with his kids in the back seat being annoying. Yeah, shut up.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> and what was crazy about that? We went to Winco. And we thought we saw the same guy in the parking lot, and they were like, "There's no way," because he was he was that far behind us. There's no way that, they... but like I swear, they looked they looked almost identical. But um, maybe he has an identical twin, like that identical twin episode that he did. He doesn't know about. Like, can you imagine that having some identical twin that you I have no clue, uh, and. People are telling you they saw you somewhere and you're like, I wasn't there. I wasn't at the uh, a baseball game. That, you that
0: is one of the weirdest episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. And for those of you who don't know what Mike's talking about, there's an episode <laughs> where this guy has this apparent identical twin, I guess you could say. That, I think we
1: talked about that one.
0: I don't know if we did or not, but he lives in the same town as the original guy and mm-hmm. everyone in town is like, oh, I saw you at such and such place Thursday. And he's like, no, you couldn't have saw me there because I was at work. And even the dude's dad saw this apparent lookalike and yelled at him yeah. fr- from across the road, you know, in the parking mm-hmm. lot. And and he'd never even the guy he was yelling at never turned around because it wasn't his son. He thought it was his son. And, and even the yep. dad, the, the dad even mistaked it for uh yep. for his kid you know so apparently uh did they ever update whether they actually found that guy or not i'm
1: guessing i don't know i need to, i need to
0: look at that again
1: i'm but, guessing uh, that yeah
0: that's the guy who looks like the other guy he probably doesn't want to be identified just yeah. just for looking like someone else that's not good enough reason um i i, I dude People are really, really dumb when it comes to identifying other people. I mean, you can, like, look at your face in the mirror and be like, I I definitely have certain features that make me me, that make you look like yourself. And the amount of times that people ignore or uh, just approximate your face and put it on someone else's and goes, oh, I thought I saw you, or, oh, you look like that guy, and I never fucking really look like the guy they compare me to. Uh, you know, it's like that, uh, one motherfucker in that little biker gang here in, in, uh, Jacksonville that accused me of, uh, uh, being a pedophile just because I looked like this. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. In his mind, I looked like this other guy who was the real, well, uh-huh. alleged, because it hasn't been proven yet, I don't think, Yeah. the alleged pedophile. And I'm like, dude, I don't look anything like that guy. We're both <laughs> Caucasian. That is the only thing we have in common. Like, yeah. it was so... And it's like, you could have ruined my reputation, man. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? He's in a fucking gang so if you say the something- only
1: other time that i've had anything like that uh actually the only time i remember uh something like that happened to me is so when i was in oklahoma city riding on the bus and there was this uh girl who thought i was uh I, her brother or some you know relative of hers and i'm like no I, i've never seen you before i'm sorry <laughs> i don't <laughs> Please i don't leave know me alone. you know <laughs> <clears throat> yeah
0: so all right on to our next case which is uh is a patreon suggested topic and so now we're talking about it and it is the case is this coffee talk now (laughs) coffee talk with linda johnson linda richmond whatever whatever (laughs) mike don't be a smart ass um this is the case (laughs) of lavina johnson and and it's it's fucking brutal man yes Um, it is
1: this was actually uh featured on unsolved Mysteries' youtube page and also on their uh uh website before the reboot and everything this makes this this particular interview uh it's a short interview with her father it's like two minutes and it makes me wonder if that's what john and terry were doing before the reboot, before, you know, the, the deal with Film Rise, they thought that they could just make Unsolved Mysteries live on in like little tiny two minute videos on YouTube and little blurbs on their, excuse me, little blurbs on their website. Um, I mean, it's cool that they want to like get the word out,
0: but I mean, honestly, the reason why the show worked so well in the back in the day is it's on a major network? It's seen by millions of people. Uh, there's production value in in the segments to where it makes you want to watch it because you know if every if Unsolved Mysteries as a show was just you know sometimes they'll go through those roll calls and and they'll just very plainly and matter of factly yeah. state you know this is the person we're looking for this is their description no one would no, no one would have watched it, it w- you got to add some entertainment value to it unfortunately yeah. I mean it sounds awful. Uh, but that's that's just how it, it is for um, well
1: because that that you know because people could just if they want that experience they could just look up their local right uh, whatever police
0: and you have to you uh, have to paint the picture too like like you know a lot yeah. of pe- most people are visual I, I hate that whole thing about oh oh men are very visual and women are more auditory it's like i, I think everybody's visual i think everybody yeah. goes off off visually appealing things or not visually appealing Um, I don't know, maybe if that there is something to that, if that was some kind of study, but it just sounds like one of those old school, like, you know, slightly, uh, that, that have gone on to be disproven and debunked kind of like sexist, uh, sayings like that saying, um, women, men say an average of 4,000 words a day and women say an average of (laughs) 10,000, Which is what uh-huh. I what I took from that was women never shut the fuck up and men only say shit if it's important. Like that's that's what I you know felt like that. And nowadays you're like yeah, well that's, that's the,
1: bullshit. The study
0: <laughs> turned out to be completely bunk. Like it was not accurate. It was it, I don't even know if it was a real study. It was just kind of one of those yeah. myths that you know got passed around that. Uh-huh. uh to this day people i tell i speaking of myths i was in line at Publix today and um the lady behind me wasn't wearing a mask and her kid her kids even asked about that and she's like i don't need to wear the mask honey i already had it i'm i'm immune once you get it once you can't get it again and i'm like uh, uh that's not exactly scientifically proven um this disease i mean it, it, it's
1: it's likely but still it's not it's not it's not a good idea. Well, it's just, it, just, just it, wear the mask. from my understanding, I mean, the the, the um, disease morphs. It morphs. I haven't seen. I haven't seen enough on on my end or, or from anywhere to really suggest that it's one hundred percent accurate that it you can get it again. Um, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, exists. Like there were some studies that were from I think Korea somewhere. And even the guy who was the head of the medical uh facility, who was being uh talked about in this article, even he came out and was like, "No, like that's not." There's a lot of like false positives that are that are being included in that in the in those documents. I, I don't even trust that. Well, so I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's a bunch of I don't know. So just uh, you know, on the sake of caution, just wear the mask. Yeah, either way,
0: either way, she should have been wearing a mask as an example to her children. Yes. Um, I hate that that's become a fucking political thing. I can tell you,
1: I saw somebody wearing a mask that said "forced to comply at work."
0: Fine, yeah. fine. You can you can pout about it and you can have that yeah. th- that third grader attitude.
1: That's fine, but just.
0: Just put it on. At least,
1: at least she was at least she was wearing a mask.
0: The reason I wear my mask is to shut everyone else the fuck up. Okay, I walk into a store and I don't want to get bitched at. I don't want to get hassled, so I just put on the mask. You can disagree with it. It's a fucking mask. They're not like yeah. they're not like uh, forcing you to insert a metallic tube up your ass. You know to it's prevent not the, the virus. Fucking
1: uh, chip. It's not a computer chip. Yeah, you're not getting the
0: mark of the beast. You know, it's, it's 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 so silly that this unknown virus that that we really have no definitive. I mean, now we got a little bit more data on it, but when it first broke out, we had no definitive data on it. It's not that crazy that the government would say, "Hey, maybe we should wear masks right now," because we don't know what the fuck's going on. I can tell you right now that when um. We, when Florida like was a hot spot and we were getting like nine to because people
1: weren't wearing masks,
0: yeah, nine to 12,000 new cases per day. Um, when they finally implemented the mandatory mask thing in public, in about a month's time, those cases have dropped from 9,000 new cases a day to like 2,500 new cases a day. Um, you know. You can make the co- you 2, can
1: 2500 is still a bit too much for a daily Yeah, you know, but going case from toll. from
0: 9000 to f- it f- is. July yeah. f- uh, July yeah. 5th we hit 15000 cases in one day new cases. Yeah. Um I've been keeping up with the statistics on this and literally mm-hmm. ever since people have been wearing the masks um the the new cases have been going down down down, you know, and yeah, yeah for a lot of a lot of states that's still high. But uh, I mean, even in Nassau County here in uh, Florida, the mask mandate has been removed. So they don't, you don't even have to wear a mask in Nassau County. And, and I think that's smart. I mean, to a certain degree, because like not every place should be treated the same way. If, if you're somewhere in South Dakota where there's literally like three or four known cases, uh, yeah, everyone shouldn't have to wear a mask. You know, I mean, it's just like at that point, you really are kind of. In fr- you know, you're you're overstepping your bounds, and you know, and on people's, uh, you know, personal liberties. But if you're in a like in Florida, it's like, yeah, there's just, you know, you're better off. Anyway, I didn't want to get on a whole coronavirus rant. <laughs> um, any fucking way, the classic rant. classic rabbit trail. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> fuck, Lavina Johnson. Uh, this is this is a brutal case. Um, it is. So prepare yourselves for some graphic details, um, unfortunately, um, and I will explain some other aspects of this that I learned today. I learned something new. that
1: are honestly pretty disturbing.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. So the article here from SalemNews.com starts off with the quote, My daughter was raped, beaten, murdered, set on fire, then they tried to burn the tent down with her body in it. John Johnson, Uh father of Lavina. Should have never had to say those words. Mm. His daughter suffered greatly before dying. But Mm. the army called her death a suicide. The details surrounding the death of a 19-year-old soldier named Lavina Johnson at Balad, Iraq, are horrible beyond the wildest imagination, and her family has to live with that every day. The army lied repeatedly and was caught in those lies. Lavina's father had to seek a congressional act just to receive the details of the investigation.
1: Wow! Can you imagine having to do that with a murder investigation, Uh, you know, in your county or in your city, uh, if it was somebody that you loved and you cared about? That in order to get any details or the full details of the investigation, you have to get uh, a congressional act or I have actually take them to court any, to get it? I mean, anyone
0: who's been to the DMV knows how poorly run our government is. Uh and that's just the DMV. Anyone who's tried to get any pandemic relief during this knows how especially how poorly our fucking government is run. Mm-hmm. I've gone to court before for a DUI and yet again a third thing that shows you that you do, do not want to be caught up in the government machinery. So, in this case where you actually have someone die the government says and it's a military the government says it's a suicide and then you have to seek a congressional act just to receive the details of that i can only imagine the
1: hassle this yeah. is the sheer amount of hassle involved in that so the- that's why i was thinking you know uh, it, it just it's just something that in this particular case, because it's a government thing, because it's a military, it's tied directly into that. If it's your local police department or whatever, then you should be able to more easily receive the details of an investigation. Especially if you're directly connected to it. But it seems like the that isn't the case if it's more of a government kind of thing. And that's problematic. You should not have to jump through hoops if you're the father of, uh you know uh someone who was was uh uh considered uh killed or 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 ki- supposedly committed suicide in uh, on uh duty in in Iraq you should not have to like go through all those hoops if you're in in uh, that particular situation so the article goes on
0: to say, it, made, it all made sense, too. The army was reluctant because they were trying to cover up a brutal mm-hmm. sex crime and murder. The victim was an exemplary soldier, daughter, and human being, according to those who knew her. I like how it took those who knew her to uh, be able to verify that she was, in fact, a human being um i i don't know yeah. i don't know lavina johnson but i can tell you from this picture she she appears well to they me. said
1: exemplary i think what happened is the, the wording maybe the commas could have been moved around a little bit or something oh right oh, Because I, see. I think they're trying to say she was an exemplary she human was being. an exemplary <laughs> soldier daughter and human being. i kind of read that funny i guess
0: because i was like they can confirm she was a soldier yeah. daughter and she was also a human being anyway uh-huh uh, getting caught up in the semantics here i don't want to T- that to take away <laughs> from the story her death is Damn. one uh one more terrible re- okay so this sentence right here got me looking into another facet that i'll fill you guys in on her death is one more terrible result of the country's decision to wage a war largely with contractors and mercenaries so that really got me thinking uh well what does that mean so i then did some more research on this and I found out that contractors who are sometimes known as mercenaries make up like sometimes half of the amount of boots on the ground uh ever since Afghanistan and the Iraq wars basically they are trained like soldiers but they're not technically uh they're not technically under the US government they're hired out by private firms, essentially. So a private industry, a private business, like a big oil company, if they had enough money, could essentially hire their own uh, paramilitary. Crazy. Uh, A lot of the wars that have been fought in the last 20 years uh, overseas in the Middle East, uh, uh, contractors and mercenaries have made up a large portion of that. And the article from The Atlantic goes on to talk about how, um, you know, Bush and Obama during their administrations when the troops were still over in Iraq and Afghanistan were basically put into these three categories because, um, you know, former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld said in 2002 that the Iraq war would take five days, five weeks or five months, but it certainly isn't going to last any longer than that. Well, those wars didn't end in mere months, and the all-volunteer force found it could not recruit enough volunteers to sustain two long wars. So that policy left uh, that left policymakers with three terrible options. First, they could either withdraw and concede the fight to the terrorists, which was unthinkable. Secondly, institute a Vietnam-like draft to fill the ranks, which would be political mm-hmm. suicide. Or third, bring in contractors to fill the ranks. And not surprisingly, both the Bush and
1: Obama administrations opted for contractors. It's the unfortunate side effect of not being able to do the draft and not having enough people who want to join the military and want to actually go into active combat willingly. So you don't have enough to be able to fight the war. So you have to bring in these outside people and you have to deal with uh, the, the the consequences and all the issues that arise from these outside mercenaries or contractors. Yeah, who don't... Now, that being said, I don't think that should excuse uh, their behavior under uh, under at least the umbrella of the United States military. So I feel that we should not be trying to cover up their actions... Uh, we should actually be uh, court-martialing them or, you know, having them uh, kicked out of the military. Doing something, not just trying to cover it all up and act like, oh, everything's fine, everything's hunky-dory. Because that that really just sends a message that I think is really upsetting. That they don't really give a fuck, and they don't really care. They only care about saving face, and it also ties into why the war is still going on because is there other, some other ulterior motives involved? Is there some money being exchanged? Is there some other, you know, because you have these private contractors, maybe they're making money, maybe there's some sort of thing that's going on. Uh, maybe it's a lot harder to like stop a war where the majority of the people who are fighting it are mercenaries and private contractors who are in essence most, just kind of doing their most own. Most of thing. them aren't even
0: Americans.
1: Um That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're doing their own thing. So they're not even fighting uh uh for you know this particular cause. Yeah, I mean, they're just fighting. To, saying here just you know, just over thirty three
0: percent of private military contractors in
1: Afghanistan are
0: US citizens and many of the larger private military companies also hire local subcontractors, often invisible to U.S. government officials and reporters. In 2010, during the height of the wars, a Senate investigation found evidence that these subcontractors were linked to murder, kidnapping, bribery, and anti-coalition activities. Similarly, in a 2010 report titled Warlord, Inc., The House of Representatives found that the Department of Defense had hired warlords for security services. So what happens to these subcontractors when the big contractor goes home? In some notable alarming cases, like with Lavina Johnson, uh, these subcontractors would go into business for themselves, breeding Mm -hmm. mercenary markets in the wake of a U.S. intervention. So that all ties into what happened to Lavina Johnson. Um, The hired hands got away with murder in Iraq, simply stated civilians were not held to the standards of the military, even though they were authorized to use force against Iraqi people. Not only have the contractors evaded justice from years of murdering Iraqi citizens, their shield allowed them to rape and abuse and murder this young woman whose life uh, whose life was all ahead of her." Um, so this guy in this article was at the Balad Air Base while covering the I- Iraq War during the summer of 20, uh, 2008, and uh, he said, I wish I had already known about her death in July tw- uh, 2005, but I did not. However, I have studied the case at length and found it to be um, among the most offensive stories for Americans and for parents. The hidden revelation that Levina Johnson was not in her barracks at the time of her death. As the De- Department of Defense initially reported, is the kind of information that had to be shaken out of the US Army. The federal agency specifically involved in the cover up of inf- uh, information regarding her death. It does not take a rocket scientist to know and see that uh, Professor or Private uh, First Class Johnson was murdered. Her father says part of her. Okay, this is pretty disturbing. Yeah. Her father says part of her vagina had been surgically removed. Why?
1: Uh, to basically cover up any evidence cover of rape. Up, yeah, cover up any evidence of rape, yeah. Linda. And, and It makes you wonder, like, who did that? Was that a military doctor that did that? Was it the oh, no, I'm, private contractors? I'm sure it wasn't done with, like, surgical precision. I'm sure it was just, you, you know, ugh, I don't even want to think I about it. I don't that. know, maybe, but you never know with the government and their cover-ups. I mean, there's a lot of shady shit that our government, I think, is responsible for that we don't even know half of. Uh,
0: Linda Johnson, mother of Private First Class Levina Johnson, received a flag of a nation that betrayed her daughter's innocence and her dignity. It's hard to imagine what type of people were charged with investigating the case. As a reporter in Iraq, this person who wrote this article was pursued by the Army's Criminal Investigation Division for having photographed particular areas, areas at a base in Kuwait. That story exemplifies the absurd nature of the Criminal Investigation Division an agency that isn't interested in real crimes. Um, so <sighs> there is some more deets about this. I thought this uh, I thought this article had more information than it actually does here. Um,
1: and uh, with this particular case, uh, in the video that shared on Unsolved Mysteries' uh, YouTube channel, it, it uh, <laughs> shares uh, it, uh, a link to a website that her father created but that website is no longer online. Which makes you wonder why. Did yeah. he like run out of money? Was he not able to keep paying the you know bills to keep the website up? I mean, that's a possibility. But there's also another possibility that it was taken down.
0: Yep. So we have this article here. Ten years later, a soldier's family still grieves and questions the army's version of her death. Ten years after private. Uh, Lavina John- Lynn Johnson, I don't know why I can't read today, died in Iraq. Her father keeps family photographs of her tucked away in his basement office in his florissant home so that his wife doesn't see them. John Johnson says she finds uh, the images too painful to look at. John Johnson says she finds, I guess her name is John, okay? To images too painful to look at. A smiling Lavina in gold cap and gown, class of 2004. Hazelwood Central High, Lavina posing in a powder blue formal gown. The army says the 19-year-old soldier killed herself in Iraq, a finding that her family has never believed. For 10 years, Johnson has been on a mission to find his own answers to what happened to his pretty daughter who played the violin and wanted to be a movie producer, the honor student who took after him. Um, Quote, All of her life, Lavina was told, you look like your daddy, you act like your daddy, you think like your daddy, Johnson says. He treasures the Father's Day card she sent just weeks before she died on July 19, 2005. It said, "Like father, like father, like daughter." I my speech and reading skills are at an all time low right now. I think it's because I swallowed spit down the wrong hole before the podcast. Sorry for that disgusting visual, but my chest oh my god. It just has this weird feeling. It's affecting my reading. Anyway, oh my god, man, um, <laughs> it's not that funny, Mike. Uh, He he says that Lavina's decision to join the army was influenced by his own career path. He lived with his family in the Pruitt Ego housing project in St. Louis until he graduated from high school. He joined the army serving three years. After his discharge, he went to college and eventually earning a doctorate in psychology. Both he and his wife had civilian jobs in troop support for the army. They'd been married for 38 years. The Johnsons had five children and Lavinia felt she should pay her own way through college, her father says. He and his wife were hesitant, but Lavina thought that ar- the army seemed like a good way to do it. Even without uh, her photos on the wall, the sunny two-story house where Lavinia grew up is filled with her memories. Johnson recalls vividly the moment everything changed when the doorbell rang too early on a summer morning. Linda got up and looked out the window and said, John, there's a soldier standing on the porch. I knew then it was not good news. Something has happened to Lavina. He recalls the soldier's voice. Lavina was dead, self-inflicted wounds. His wife was screaming. She was up on that balcony and it was, oh God, that, it was horrible, Johnson says. I'm sitting there on the steps and I'm listening to the chaos that's in my house and I'm watching this guy and he's standing there like he's a statue. The Johnsons could not believe what they were hearing. They had just talked to Lavina two days before. She was telling them about her plans. She was about to start a new job on the Army base, and her outfit, the 129th Corps Support Battalion, would be rotating back to the States in a few months. She would be home in time to help her father decorate the Christmas tree, a tradition she and her younger sister enjoyed every year. Uh, She was looking forward to her future, looking forward to coming home, and looking forward to having another job, Johnson says. Information from the army was vague and contradictory, Johnson says. He told the media that he had suspicions about his daughter's death, even as she was being buried with military honors at Jefferson Barracks National Cemetery. She was promoted posthumously to private first class and awarded good conduct and uh, commendation medals. When you you come and tell me my 19-year-old daughter didn't value life, and that's all she did, she valued life, you tell me she committed suicide, but you didn't tell me what she did, whether she jumped off a bridge, they didn't give me any information. Uh, The official investigation took months and was conducted by special agents from the US Army Criminal Investigation Command, which investigates soldiers' deaths and crimes within the army. Investigators concluded that Private Johnson shot herself in the mouth with her M16 rifle in a contractor's tent on the military base in Balad, Iraq, where she was stationed. The report, Included witness testimony suggesting that she may have been depressed over a recent breakup. John Johnson would have none of it. He demanded to see the Army's evidence. He filed freedom of information requests and enlisted the assistance of local legislators. In a statement to St. Louis Public Radio, U.S. Representative William Lacey Clay said that his staff devoted hundreds of hours to helping the Johnson family discover the truth about the case, including helping them obtain the original autopsy report, and photos. Uh, Professor First Class Johnson gave her life for her country, and her country has an obligation to tell her family the whole truth about her death, Clay said. Johnson formed his own investigation team, enlisting the help of his family members who have studied criminal science. For eight years, they have pored over the investigation documents, studied the horrifying pictures, and analyzed witness statements. Uh, Johnson does not mince words. He believes his daughter was raped and murdered, her death covered up. Johnson says he had to find the strength to look at the autopsy photos of his daughter and to examine her body before the funeral. In 2007, he made another difficult decision, having her body exhumed for an independent autopsy. The results were inconclusive. Um, Johnson disputes practically everything about the Army's conclusion. He says her commanding officer described her as happy and healthy. He contends that her arms were too short, that she couldn't have shot herself with her rifle and that the wound in her head was too small to have been made by an M-16. He says the pictures tell him that Lavina had been beaten. There was no suicide note. The bullet that killed her was not found. Johnson believes that the Army's findings were flawed because, he says, her death was investigated as a suicide, not as a homicide. All of us can't be wrong about the evidence that we've compiled. It is an awful, awful, awful... Com- it, it is awful, awful, awful compelling. I guess... They meant to say awfully compelling. Yeah,
1: it's awfully compelling.
0: Whatever. Uh, And unfortunately, Lavina got lost in all of this and just lost everything trying to be a good American citizen. Christopher Gray, chief of public affairs for the criminal investigation uh, command said in a statement that Lavina Johnson's death was, quote, a tragic suicide. Boo! Christopher Gray. Uh, That the the investigation was lengthy and thorough and that investigators would immediately reopen... The investigation should credible information surface. We express our sincere condolences to the family and friends of Private uh, First Class Johnson. We have and continue to take the death of Levina Johnson David very serious. David Savage's
1: nerdy brother?
0: <laughs> well, I just imagine these guys are these pencil pushers. Um, our lengthy <laughs> and very thorough investigation by highly trained special agents is based in fact, testimonial evidence, physical evidence, and forensic evidence. The independent autopsy findings by the armed forces medical examiner's offices came to the same conclusion. Tragically, there are many misrepresentations of the facts being circulated on the internet that are false and ups- unsubstantiated, according to this quote here. The Lavina Johnson story has been heavily reported by local and national media, especially in the early years. More recently, the circumstances of her death have been questioned widely by bloggers and petitions on social media. Uh, demand that the investigation be reopened. Advocates who work to raise awareness about sexual abuse in the military have also called attention to the case. Um, Cheryl McCollum of the Cold Case Investigation Research Institute calls the case gut-wrenching. The institute is a national collaboration of college to I don't care about the fucking institution. Tell me more about this story. Jesus Christ, God. Like, there's... This article, it's like there's so much extra fluff in this in this article that I'm reading so right now. Too much word vomit. Yeah, they're not giving me enough of the, like, give me more of what the case involves. Not. I don't need to know everybody's uh, first and last and middle name and maiden name and what they do and what that institution is and the history of it. Just shut fuck up and tell me the facts here. In a phone interview with the St. Louis Public Radio, uh, McCollum said that she faults the Army for poor communication, but she does not disagree with its conclusion. The problem is, this is a quote from her, number one, the way the notification happened and the lack of information given to the family fast enough, McCallum said. Students were very moved by Lavina's story, she said. They reviewed every page of the document, the photographs, talked to witnesses, dozens of independent experts, and recreated the scene. There was nothing about this case that we could go back to the Army to say, you need to relook at it, she said. We didn't have anything new. We didn't have anything that suggested wrongdoing. So why are we hearing from this lady? I don't understand why this is important in this article at all. Um Let me see if there's any more relevant shit in here. Yeah, basically they said she shot herself in the head with a fucking rifle. Um I was reading somewhere else on here that um that went when after she got, I guess, raped or whatever, they put lye in her vagina to like oh, fuck like burn it. Uh, to maybe that's cover what up. they
1: talk about by the mutilation.
0: Yeah, to cover up any evidence of It's, it's fucking brutal, man. Like it, it, it is. Uh, it's horrendous. I mean, I'm I, I'm uh, glad that I mean, that the, that part the dad of me wants was able to, to be
1: open minded and be like, oh, you know, maybe the government is telling the truth, but I just don't buy it in this instance. I do. I, I just I, got done watching uh,
0: that unsolved mysteries case. Uh, God, what was the guy's name? I'm pretty sure we talked we talked about it before. Um, mm. It was that guy who was the double agent who was working for the United States and then oh, he, yeah, with yeah. the Russians. Um, and he yeah, was who showed found, up
1: electrocuted.
0: Yeah, he ele- he supposedly electrocuted himself. But then, as his daughter was examining his body in the casket, like his teeth were all fucking knocked yeah. in, and he had bruises and abrasions everywhere. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, the Russian, either the Russians or the the United States fucked him up and made it look like a suicide that's what they always that they i mean yeah. not to say soldiers can't kill themselves because i mean unfortunately uh especially when they get back from war the suicide rates of um veterans are really high um yeah but you know i think it's awfully convenient sometimes i think the government uses that as like well, you know, people will easily be able to buy that a disgruntled veteran or active uh, duty uh, military person uh, committed suicide. They'll buy that, you know. Uh, So it's just, I think they think it's just really easy to kind of pass that off and, you know, say, hey, that's... uh, But there's,
1: you know, the government's trying to say, well, the evidence that we've seen, I'm like, well, the evidence is also more public now, and the father has been pretty open about things, and so so have other uh reporters and other things. And for the evidence that I've seen so far with this case, it d- does not seem like it's open and shut suicide. Seems like it's more open and shut murder. Seems like it would be also
0: like very, very difficult for anybody to like take a, one of those M16 rifles and turn it around on yourself and, and, and like shoot yourself in the head with it. Yeah. Like that seems yeah. very, unlikely,
1: especially for someone with short arms. But yeah, yeah, I can see that. But uh speaking of uh suicide, I, I watched the George Reeves segment again. Oh yeah who killed Superman. Mm-hmm. And there was that one guy who demonstrated that, you know, the evidence looks this way when you uh when you look at it a particular uh way or or in a particular fashion. But when you look at it differently, then you could see why the bullet could be where it was and so on and so forth because what if he held the gun a certain i way? I think George
0: Reeves killed himself. I don't I don't think yeah. I don't I mean they're trying to say you know all this that and the other but
1: yeah, I think ultimately I think he killed himself too.
0: yeah. and then they're talking about well, if he had held the gun this way and he like he puts it in his hand and then he like lifts it up to his head. Like he's doing like a, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to explain how he holds it up to his head. He's like, but if he holds it this way, which is a much more comfortable position, it's like, yeah, no one ever holds a gun that way when they kill themselves. They always hold it. Basically, he was holding it with the, uh, the handle of the gun, pointing to the ceiling and the barrel to his head. Yeah,
1: but I don't know, he might have held it that way cuz that ties in more with the autopsy report with how the bullet, you know, went through Reeves's head and everything. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Anyway, that's a totally different case, totally different time. We've
1: talked about it before, like a long, it, long, long, long time ago, if I remember correctly. Did we cover that one up? I don't remember. I think I thought I, th- I think we did. If we did, not we should. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, you know, it would be it, it would be great if Unsolved Mysteries could like Give a, a a closer look to this Lavina Johnson case instead of just yeah. putting it on their their YouTube page. I don't
1: think they're going to though. Mike,
0: I think you might have more subscribers than uh, the Unsolved Mysteries YouTube channel. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me. I have to confirm this.
1: What?
0: Yes, Mike, you have three thousand more subscribers than the Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> oh, YouTube channel. That's sad. That's fucking cool though. That's crazy. They only have thirteen point eight.
1: That number would go up if they started posting like the full episodes from Netflix like later, but that'll never happen on YouTube. They'll just stay on Netflix. I think they, uh, I think they don't, don't they do that on here? Don't they post
0: the full episodes? Not the Netflix ones. (laughs) I'm seeing a bunch of short little things here.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm.
0: Could have sworn I saw it on YouTube. Maybe someone else posted it.
1: Yeah, they're not going to do the Netflix ones Because they made a deal with Netflix And Netflix is kind of an exclusive thing Netflix is trying to cling on to whatever they can get Or whatever they got Because they've been living on borrowed time for years And then, you know, with the recent controversy With uh, a certain movie And a certain advertisement
0: Are you talking about Cuties? uh, Yeah Isn't that only available in uh, France? Netflix France?
1: Yeah, it's not available in the US anymore They took it down um, they really fucked up with that. They should not have even bothered with buying that, to be perfectly honest.
0: So, the so basically, there's this movie that is available in Netflix, France. I think that's the only place you can see it. And it's this movie called... Now. <laughs> it's this movie called Cuties. And uh, a lot of people are saying that it is basically
1: a pedo-baiting movie. It, it honestly is. Uh, there's a lot of it that is just straight up Pedo porn, um, and despite the fact that there is some, there are some attempts to have some sort of message of, uh, you know, what is it, togetherness or or independence or whatever the hell. Uh, there's a lot of imagery that is straight up, uh, something out of uh, a a child, uh, porn lover's wet dream, and that's just fucked up and. Netflix did a horrible job advertising that movie. the The poster looks like child porn. I don't know if you've seen that poster. Uh, I have
0: not, and I'm not looking it up because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just curious. Dude, they're yeah. wearing like they're wearing like um, I say sexy as in like if like a a grown woman wore it like this like you know the the scantily uh, kind of designed clothes or whatever yeah. they're basically trying to make them look like they're uh of age or whatever uh-huh. and dressed all like yeah i could yeah, yeah it's uh
1: i don't know what people are thinking sometimes you know like even if it's oh it's it's a french movie it was at a film festival and people have defended it and say it's a beautiful film a bit you know even if it does have a good message to it a big chunk and a disturbingly large amount of this movie is tied around really uh, upsetting imagery and and uh, straight up pedal bait. That's really in pedal porn. That's what it is. Oh my is god! Straight up pedal porn. The the, the
0: uh, poster finally came up full, so I can see it. Yes, this is that that yeah that movie poster. Even though the the kids are clad but scantily i will uh, get that they are literally like in sex positions almost all of them and that's not just that's not just having a dirty mind literally one girl's like doggy style Mm -hmm. the other girl's like cowgirl the other girl's like got her ass poked out like yeah
1: it's disgusting Uh, so whoever came up with that advertising should be, should be, uh, suspended. But then they have the other, the alternate
0: poster, which is way less. The French poster. Yeah. Yeah. Way less pedo-y.
1: Oh, yeah. But still. But but still. You know, in all honesty, that, that, that pedo poster is a better representation of what the film actually is. Wow. Some Epstein shit right there. So they even took it down So they took it down initially They changed the description uh, And they changed the poster But then the backlash was still coming At Netflix hard and fast So then they just eventually removed it Which is like they should have never had that On their platform to begin with There are certain things that you just shouldn't touch You know Anything that could be perceived as being Child porn is one of them Yeah <laughs> Yeah, just in
0: general, I would say that's a good rule of thumb. Um, all right, so that is all we have to say about the uh, Lavina Johnson case because there's not really a whole lot more information.
1: No, um, uh, and I don't think we're gonna get like a a, a, a you know worthwhile uh, resolution to this case because the government just is gonna refuse. They're just not going to. They're just gonna keep uh, standing by their account of what happened. Even if it's not even remotely close to what actually happened. Suicide's a brutal thing to, like,
0: label uh, that someone, you know, someone died that way mm-hmm. if it's not true, you know? Yes. Like, that's pretty, like, that's pretty mean, you know?
1: Because Well, it it's just so shows you that it is, and it shows you that the military or the government in this instance, they care more about saving face than anything else. Right. They don't want to, you know, tell the American public the truth that there are these roving bands of fucking mercenaries who are putting, you know, the, the men and the women who decide to join the army and, and fight for our country at risk. They don't They don't want to put that out there. And on one hand, uh, I could get why they don't want to do that because that'll make, uh, you know the amount of people who enlist even lower. But on the other hand, you know, just be a good person and, you know, be, you know, a, an exemplary human being like Levina was and just tell the fucking truth. Or don't fight wars if you don't have enough people to fight the war. That, you know, that's one that th- like- That's one thing that
0: I'll give Trump uh, that, that I do like about him. He is not interested in war. Like, he does not have a boner for war from from. From, every, from all indications, he definitely seems more libertarian in the sense that he doesn't want our country to be involved in all that shit. And, you know, Bush, especially with Dick Cheney as his pre- uh, vice president, was Bush very... just
1: wanted to finish what his daddy couldn't. Well, he was
0: very very much on the warmongering side of things. Yeah. And that's, you know, people like to act like, oh, Bush was just a dumb, you know, uh, funny little old man yeah he might have been but dick cheney was like darth vader or palpatine oh, yeah. or whatever like well, he, he was more
1: like palpatine yeah <laughs> kind
0: of looked like him too um, and
1: that wasn't the only i mean we're not the only ones making that reference like so many like jokes have been made that dick cheney is emperor palpatine is he still alive even the dude's like i don't know i'd be old as fuck by now Oh, I know. it's this war? It, I never thought it would last this long, and I don't think a lot of people did. It, it, you know, I it it finds it pains me to see, you know, when our government said there will never be another Vietnam, and then we have another Vietnam that's worse. Oh yeah, way worse. In, in multiple different ways.
0: All right. So add some uh, levity to this.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck heavy podcast. So heavy. Uh, let's
0: go in and laugh at the, at the 15-year-old Josh's pain with the perks of being a Josh flower. Um, a couple months ago, I discovered my old diary entries that I made on a website called Zanga. And I saved them all as one big file. I've recently unearthed these diaries. And you guys have been getting a lot of pleasure from my pain. So I'm going to keep going because I'm a whore for the public and what they like and quite frankly it's interesting to relive a lot of these memories i've completely forgotten about and some are just as fresh in my mind today as they were you know fucking 15 17 years ago uh sunday february 13th 2005 well casey's mom made us break up finally i will tell more about it later that's all i had to say i was uh, apparently not happy i, feel, about I that. feel
1: for you man that that that's that's really fucking lame Know that you know that relationship was uh cut uh into pieces because anyone because the cliched sort of like I don't want you to be with this particular person, I want you to be with this particular person that I prefer you to be with. Her mom was so controlling
0: for those of you who who are just tuning in. Casey, uh, I told you guys when we when I got to Casey in these diaries, you're going to be hearing a lot about her. That was basically the first chick I ever like cared about a lot and felt like I loved. Um, I, I can't really say with 100% certainty that I've ever loved anyone. Um, but, you know, aside from like my parents. Uh, but, you know, at the time, I felt like I loved her. So next we have, uh, Saturday, February 19th, 2005. Well, I called Casey tonight when I wasn't supposed to, and her mom called my cell and yelled at me and threatened to take legal action, so fuck, I can't talk to her anymore. Sorry, baby, if you're reading this. Wait for me. I'll always love you.
1: Legal action? (laughs) Yeah, dude. Shit.
0: I still have the recording somewhere on one of the archives in one of my hard drives. She called my fucking house when, you know, when my answering machines were still a thing. Yeah. She called our landline phone and left a message on our answering machine. Uh, and I still remember, I kind of remember the uh, voicemail. It was, uh, yes, uh, Sally, this is Christine, Casey's mom again. You know, we have uh, talked and asked that Josh stay away from her. He has been harassing her in study hall uh, several, numerous times. Yes, several, numerous times. You've heard me. You heard it right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what what we we're gonna have to do to keep him away from her. But if this keeps going on, uh, it is harassment. And I've already talked to my husband, and we were we are uh, willing to take whatever steps necessary to keep him away from her. Thank you. And then she just like hangs uh, up the phone.
1: Uh. I look. Li- I'm so sorry, man. I,
0: I literally took that 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 recording. I recorded it onto my uh, field recorder and I put it into fruity loops when I was fifteen and I made like a techno remix song oh <laughs> of, God. of her. You like <laughs> yes, we, uh,
1: this is Christine Casey's mom again. You know, I, I like it would just be like several. Uh, yeah, what what did she say? Several something times. Uh, several numerous. Several numerous times. Several numerous I, times. You probably remixed that several numerous times. That particular part. (laughs) All right. So now we
0: have. Yeah, she she was a fucking she was crazy, dude. She was fucking nuts. Yeah. Now we have Monday, February twenty first, two thousand and five. I just got back from my friend's house and it was fun. It was a nice break from my life. I needed that. It was a break from thinking about Casey too, which was also good. Even though she called while I was in the music store. She asked me what her mom said to me on the phone, and I told her. And then I said we shouldn't be hanging around each other anymore because her psycho bitch mom. And then she said she agreed because she keeps getting in trouble. I told her I would always love her, which is so fucking true. I will always love you, baby. But then um, we basically drove around for a while, went to and fro. Then I'm here and now, and I'm feeling pretty content. I really need to get out more. I don't know. I really miss Casey, but yet it's kind of like I'm getting this feeling of it's over and I'm starting to heal. I fucking hate her fucking fat ass fuck mom, fuck her. She's so fucking gay. (laughs) And like, if this wasn't enough, she's talking about going up to the school and talking and having a talk with Mr. Edwards. Oh my God. I want her to so bad so I can make that dumb fat ass look so stupid in front of our principal. She ain't got shit on me. So I called her daughter and wrote her a few dirty notes. So what? Who hasn't done that with their girlfriend? She ain't got shit on me. Then I say a thing that you can't socially acceptably say Whoa, anymore. okay. Well, I'm gone. Talk to this stupid thing later. Yeah, I remember that now. Yes, Her mom was going to come up to my school and talk to my principal about me. What? Like, what the fuck was she going to say? You know? Like, f-
1: God. Bitch.
0: Like, clearly her and I liked each other. That was so fucking clear. And her mom was such a manipulative piece of shit. I did, Dude, you know what I did? Did I tell you what I did to make her mom turn on me? We were in study hall. And and Casey had a younger brother, Brandon. Or they might have been the same age. Mm -hmm. Me and Brandon started off cool. Brandon was Casey's mom's favorite kid. Because he was a boy. And he was her little prince. He could do no wrong. Casey was okay in her mom's eyes as long as she did exactly what her mom wanted her to. But she didn't really like her as much as she liked Brandon. So one day in study hall, me and Casey are, you know, dating or whatever, sitting next to each other. Brandon throws a pack of crackers. You know those stupid cheap-ass, the uh, orange crackers with the peanut butter in the middle? Oh, yeah. Those Lance crackers. He threw a pack of those at me. They slam on the floor, bust open, and crumbs go everywhere. Of course, the study hall teacher doesn't see Brandon throwing it. She just sees a smashed pack of crackers in front of me with crumbs all over the place. And and she goes, hey, you're gonna have to clean that up. And I go, dude, I didn't do that. Brandon just threw that at me. And Brandon goes, no, I did not. He's a liar. And literally, me telling the study hall teacher that I didn't do that, Brandon threw it at me, and that's why it's all over the place, that was what made Brandon go, Fuck Josh. I'm telling my mommy that he's a bad man. Wow. So and he's a bitch too. Oh, he he yo oh yeah. He was the biggest little bitch. The biggest little bitch is kind of wow. a uh, ironic statement. But um, Wow. Yeah, after that, that was the beginning of the end for me. That's all
1: you That's d- all you did is just all be like, I, did. I didn't
0: do that. He did and, it. Wow. And then Prince Prince Brandon went and told his mom, and his mom was like, all right, that's it for Josh. You know, I don't want you seeing him anymore. So, anyway, that's how and that she happened. she didn't
1: even talk to her daughter about, like, the, the situation? No, because it, it, it didn't matter. It, of
0: things. Nope, because it wasn't important. All that mattered was Brandon didn't like me, and Brandon was the king of all. Her, wow. Yeah, her mom was just a real piece of shit. Um. So... Now we get to um, Sunday, February 27th, 2005. Well, it's Sunday once again, and I am still Casey-less. I've been going through serious Casey withdraws. I'm just not ready for another relationship. I'm not putting myself too much into anyone. I don't know. I feel pretty happy right now. No pressing issues in my life. School is still oh so gay. I have this laptop computer, and I'm trying to break into it. Does anyone know how to bypass the Windows password registry? Man, I need me some Casey. I miss kissing her the most. I want to play guitar, I think. Um, blah, blah, blah. All right. That's cool. Maybe. Um, oh, I I uploaded uh, I my next post. I uploaded the song Christine that I made. This is an oh. ode to that, that fat whore Christine, Casey's mom, who ruined my life. Oh she, my call- she called our house and I recorded the message. And I used FL Studio 5 to make it into a song. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, I think if I can find the song, I'll put it up on the um, uh. the, the, the Facebook group.
1: Uh. I
0: think I still know where it is. Um, let's see here. Blah-da-dee-blee, blah dee blue blah-da-dee-blay, blah-da-dee-blue. Jesus Christ, so many comments on this one. I'm trying to get to it. Blah-blah-blah. Blah-blah. God. Oh, okay, here we go. I guess this was a long thing that made a lot of people comment. Friday, March 4th, 2005. Well, fuck shit ass bitch, damn. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yes, my girlfriend's. (laughs) Yes, my girlfriend's friend just gave me a note. I guess I'm still considering her my girlfriend, even though she's not anymore. My girlfriend's friend just gave me a note today after school, and today she felt compelled to break up with me but she was so right to do that. Okay, first of all, we could never talk at school without her little dickhead brother telling on us, I fucking hate her brother. I hope that little prick dies in a fire then burns in hell for all eternity. Second, we could never talk on the phone, and when we did, she had to check every five seconds to see if her parents were around. Third, I couldn't ever see her outside of school, which was a problem at first because when we were still allowed to see each other, we could at least see each other at school but then when her psycho bitch mom went off on me i drew the line in the sand fourthly my parents were bitching at me about this whole thing and i guess this breakup is one big collective shut the fuck up to all my family and friends who had a problem with this relationship so now they can finally shut up about it you know it's too bad because casey is my true love and i know we will always be together it just sucks we have to take this extended period away from each other But we will be together again. I know we will. I know it, damn it. So yeah, I got two CDs from the store today. uh, Rush Counterparts and Rush Test for Echo. Both kick-ass CDs. I also got two MIDI cables and a new MIDI interface. And I got a pair of drumsticks. School sucks as usual. Man, I can think about anything else but this Casey thing. I guess I meant to say I can't think about anything else but this Casey thing. My God, my life is torn to pieces. Why is... It, that when you're in love, all these songs like pop into your head that relate to the situation, like that Papa Roach song, Last Resort. I mean, God, I just want to live how I want to live, and nobody wants me to do anything. <laughs> I hate everything right now, and everyone, no one can fix me except my lover, but alas, she is not here. Oh, God, it's so are cringy. You, are you?
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to cringe hard at that with the <laughs> Papa Roach stuff.
0: So I am fucked. Okay, I'm tired of this thing. Casey, please comment on here or something. Somebody comment. I need commentary on my thoughts. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Jeez, attention whore. Yeah. Uh, the love songs are so relevant now. I thought I was gonna mention some classic song, what but I I, 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 I go. Yeah, I go to fucking Papa Roach. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last
1: resort. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but you know for the. For the first time, well, there were some other times where I felt this way. Uh, when you've been, uh, when you have gone on to revisit this time of your life, um, I definitely feel for young Josh here. Like this is, this does suck. Like this, You know, you have every right to be like, "Fuck this and fuck that bitch," and brother's a fucking asshole. And you know, you have, all, you have every right to, to um, vent like that because. That's that's I mean, rough, it, it's
0: man. it's the definition of unrequited love. It was a situation to where if left alone, her and I would have been together and my life would have maybe been happier because, I mean, anyone who's been paying attention to these diaries know, knows I had a fucking miserable teenage hood um, in my own mind. I created my own mm. hell. OK, my life wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Yeah, I got picked on for being overweight and girls didn't pay attention to me but so the fuck what, you know. Mm-hmm. I had parents, I had family who loved me and took care of me and supported me, but you wouldn't know it by how I bitch about it in here. Yeah. So, you know, Casey could have really made a difference, you know, if if we could have stayed so, together.
1: I want to ask you a question about uh, you know, your uh your decision uh it, it uh with this kind of thing. Um if uh you had the ability to back in time and maybe find a way to change things and make it so that you could stay with Casey would you do that or, or would you just keep on you know having things the way that they have been um
0: yeah I would I would have I, if I could go back and change I guess uh, yeah but the thing about it is though like if Brandon would gonna... that change you like
1: how much would that change your life now and and would you be willing to accept those changes?
0: You know, I don't. That's kind of a good point. The more I think about it, because, like, let's say that Brandon threw the pra- pack of crackers at me, and I just like laughed it off, and I was like, "Wow, that was funny," or whatever. Which I don't s- imagine a world in which I would laugh that off. But let's just say I did that, mm-hmm. um, and me and Casey stayed together and were together for a long time, and. I liked her a lot, so I can tell you right now, I, I, I wouldn't have broken up with her. She would have had to have broken up with me, because, like, I would not have done that. I She was fucking mm-hmm. gorgeous. She had a great sense of humor, uh, you know, whatever. So, um yeah, who knows? I mean, like, honestly, I might have ended up, like, getting married, you know? I might have ended up not pursuing my musical thing as much as I This podcast am.
1: wouldn't exist? This
0: podcast might not exist. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It might have... Um, my life might... It, it's like that stupid cliche thing, like, oh, the if you go back effect. in time... Yeah, don't even step on a bug because that that can change the entire course of, you know, the future. If you, yeah, the butterfly effect, essentially. Um, yeah, so, I mean...
1: I think you'd be willing, and you'd want to at least see the alternate uh, timeline. Like, if you could go in and see the alternate timeline to see what would actually occur without affecting your current uh, uh, timeline, I think you probably... I mean, God, wouldn't everybody love to do that? Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, in that instance, that you'd probably want to want to use would you use that ability to see that particular timeline like if you only had the option to see one alternative timeline uh, would that be the one that you would pick no
0: um I would go back to when I was invited to move to Texas uh, with this band that eventually became big okay um my friend Leo went out to Texas. Yeah. With his friend Sean and they started a band called Street Sex and it's Sex as an S E C T S, not S E X. Uh Um and they're they're pretty big now. I and they're I definitely would have gotten in there in the beginning of the project and I would have been a band member in that band. Oh, cool. You know, potentially. Uh, the problem was back then Leo was a fucking drunk Ooh. from hell, yeah. and when he got drunk, he would become very unpredictable uh. and violent. And I didn't want to be—I I did not want to move out of my comfort zone to live with a maniac. But then he fucking randomly sobers up, and he's been like sober this whole time, and he's been fine. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's definitely that's definitely a path I yeah. would have liked to have. I would have liked to have
1: seen uh, what would happen in an alternate timeline, if, uh, the movie that this director was working on actually was, uh, made and, and wasn't canceled because the star got pregnant and I was able to actually go to Canada and work as a part of the crew working on that film oh, shit. and seeing what well, that would have been like as like 18, you know, being 18 years old. You know, 18, 19 years old. How'd you get old. that opportunity? Well, I, I, I got in contact with a director uh, and writer, Terrence H. Winkless, a long, long time ago. He saw that I had posted a, a a movie trailer of a film that he directed. I think it was a direct-to-video uh, action movie uh, uh, starring Cynthia Rothrock. And I don't know if it was Honor and Glory. I think it might have been that, but I could be wrong. And he was like, "Hey, can you send me a link to that?" And then we started talk- chatting. Uh, we communicated on Skype, and I-, I, I talked to him. I, I, I started sort of chatting back and forth with him in text form, and then we actually had a you know some conversations and talked to him a little bit and, uh, you know, with uh, the microphone, you know, audio conversations, and and uh, then he mentioned about this film that he was doing and you know he wanted me to be a production assistant was gonna pay 50 60 bucks an hour or something and you know come God over damn. to canada and, yeah i and, bet you
0: i bet you do wish you could check out that yes. that
1: alternate <laughs> fucking yes. turn <laughs> that sounds awesome 18 19, like, like i could have had that on my resume yeah. right then and there and then i could have gotten more work in other places like who knows maybe i could have oh, gotten God, work yeah. in vancouver which there's been a lot of films and shows have been shot there could have tied into uh working maybe uh for you know uh other sort of production sort of stuff you know as a crew member you know maybe working in other films that he did you know getting that kind of thing and and you know i i that is one thing I look back at, and yes, uh, you know, uh, I appreciate the path that I am on right now. But man, do I wish that I could have done that, to be perfectly honest, because I'm a huge, you know, me. I love film, and you know that 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 was like a dream opportunity, and I was so willing and like, what, dude? Like, yeah, I'll go to Canada and for a few months, and you know, da 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 da, and it just didn't work out. All right, so I'll read one last
0: Josh for diary, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, Basically, this March 10th entry is just me saying how much I miss Casey so fucking much, but I did make one funny statement that I thought in here. Uh, I was saying that uh, me and my friend Brian were walking around Best Buy messing with the refrigerators when an old dickhead walked over to us and asked us if he could help us with anything, (laughs) and we were like, no. We were just looking, and he followed us around. So I said, "Okay, I guess we're not allowed to look." And I ejaculated on his face. (laughs)
1: What? (laughs) There's no way you actually did that.
0: I said, "Okay, I didn't ejaculate on his face, but I did walk away. Eh, close enough." In parentheses, (laughs) I have a members. I have a new members-only jacket. Damn, I love that thing. I'm so tired. Hey Casey, I have a headache today. That was
1: still a thing back then.
0: No, it wasn't, but for but uh, I remember watching that show. I love the '80s on VH1 yeah. back then, and they talked about and they talked uh-huh. about members only jackets. And I just really liked the way they looked. And my this kid in my math class set his jacket on the chair, and I could see the inside tag, and it said members only. I said, "Oh my god, that's a members only jacket. I've always wanted a jacket like that." And this kid literally goes. Man, you can have this jacket. I hate this thing. My uncle gave it to me. And he just gives me a jacket my <laughs> friend.
1: <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, thank you so much. Like that kid. I'll just was imagine cool, man. Uh, young Josh, his eyes lighting up, you know. It was like, Really? Oh my god, this is so cool. I get a members only. Yeah, jacket. the shit.
0: Yeah. The shit that I that made me happy back then was very random. All right, so here's a last proper <laughs> Josh fly, then we're done. Friday, March eleventh, two thousand and five. Whoa, today sucked. I didn't even get out. I didn't even get to go out like I thought I would be able to, and people have been calling our house nonstop. God, it's so annoying, and it's it's I always think it's Casey, but it never is. And Steven, who's my cousin who I live next to uh, growing up. And Steven isn't even home and me and my brother were supposed to go to the movies, but I'm not seeing that happen, so I guess I will just just stay the fuck home and be bored as usual oh well tomorrow I'm gonna be alone for four hours so I'm just gonna beat my dick like it owes me money <laughs> and I'm gonna eat me a, I'm gonna go eat me a banana or two okay eat, banana was uh me and my cousin's code word for cigarette so oh. I'm basically saying I'm gonna smoke a cigarette or okay. two because you know that's I was 15 an and. Code and edgy. Word yeah yeah cigarette. well we because we could always talk about it in front of our aunt as she was driving us to school i was like hey steven you got any bananas today that we can eat and he'd be like yeah i got a few i was like sweet you know we just say that like right in front of but now so you look at it and you're about. like
1: what you know if you kept doing that like on a consistent basis then and then they would might pick up and be like wait you know
0: why the fuck do they like bananas yeah exactly so much? yeah um so gonna eat a banana too so yeah this sucks wow i miss my lover i miss laying with her on the beach and pinning her onto the sand and making out with her (laughs) none of that none of that ever happened and i also miss making us pina coladas and getting drunk by the beach and going inside and fucking our jacuzzi wait none of that shit ever happened oh wait i'm looking into the future okay i get it now you hear that casey well i hope so because you gotta get ready but until then mwah I love you.
1: Ooh.
0: Wow. Wow. Ooh. That was pretty cringy at the end there, Josh. Oh, man. You know, I was all about all about you beating your old dick and everything, but uh, you're talking about all that jacuzzi, <laughs> pina colada shit. While you're wearing your when members-only know- jacket,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have never even had a pina colada to this day, so I don't know what I'm doing referencing. Maybe you heard the
1: song on the radio or something. I
0: feel like pina colada, Getting caught in the why. rain. I
1: don't know why I was singing that like Michael McDonald just
0: said. Never, never I don't again. even know what the hell
1: he's singing half the time. I really, I really thought that was a great, I of the seventies or I of the eighties when they were, you know, uh, poking fun at him. Cause it does. It, it. Every time you leave. Yeah. I mean, he really does sing like that. Like he's, I like uh, the key of awesome parody where they do all the weird, uh, music, uh, singer voices. You know where he's. All, I eat a lot of cheese because it helps me sing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah. The funniest, the funniest
0: thing I I I remember. Uh, my funniest Michael McDonald memory is being at Applebee's, hosting karaoke, and my friend Thad, who uh, happens to be black. It makes sense because what what I'm about to say. Everyone's getting all tense right now. I can feel it. Um, he was up there, and he's cool as shit. That actually saved me once from getting my ass beat by this mm-hmm. redneck guy at this bar. Um, so I put on some song featuring Michael McDonald, and Thad goes, man, Michael McDonald's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> he, goes, black pe-, he goes, black people like Michael McDonald.
1: <laughs>
0: uh. I, just, I, was like, I just love that this fucking mullet-having ass just... Uh, exactly. you of, Kenny of Rogers, cool,
1: you know, kind of got that Kenny yeah, Rogers like, vibe. Yeah,
0: like I just love how this guy Michael McDonald, my friend Thad, is sitting here going, "Michael McDonald is a bad <laughs> motherfucker," and then speaking on behalf of all black people, going, "Black people like Michael McDonald." <laughs> I thought that shit was yeah. hilarious. I just cracked up when he said he would say shit like that sometimes, and I'm j- I just thought it was so funny. All right, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, If you want to become a member of our Patreon and suggest a story for us to cover, uh, like uh, George did, I believe that. uh, Let me make sure with my OCD, make sure his name, I, I know George. I'm not acting like I don't know your name. I'm pretty sure it was George, okay? And if it's not George, I'm sorry. It's nothing personal, but he suggested the case. I covered it. If you pay us $5 a month, that's what you get. If you pay us $3 a month, you get the podcast early like you're going to get this week because what's today? Thursday, I'm sure I'll have it out by uh, for Patreon people either tonight or tomorrow. And then everyone else is going to have to wait until Monday to get it. So there's a thing. And then for $1, you get nothing except the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting your favorite podcasters. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, you can do that by going to uh, Facebook. Go to the search bar and just type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Go to the Groups tab. That's like five steps more than people are willing to do. Literally, like, people, you get about one step out of them and that's it. Click here to listen to our music, okay. Go to this website and then click somewhere. Nope, you've already lost me. There's way too many steps involved. But anyway, if you do all that shit and you find our group, you should join it because it's a really fun, cool group and fun, cool shit's posted in there. And um, I will probably be posting that remix, techno remix of the uh, of, of Casey's mom Christine calling my uh, parents' answering machine when I was a kid. Um, and then finally, if you want more of me and Mike, but you know we're a little too togethery on this podcast for your liking, you'd like to you'd like to um, use some kind of reverse osmosis machine and separate the hydrogen and oxygen molecule, <laughs> making two separate elements. Wow you can do so by uh, going to our YouTube channels. Instead of having to buy that expensive machine and you know reverse osmotize the water, you can just go to our YouTube channels. Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP Communications. And he is a movie lover. Let me tell you, ladies, he loves movies so much. He's been doing YouTube for like 20 years. <laughs> um...
1: Mike, what was the last movie that you talked about? Uh, the last film that I talked about uh, was actually uh, Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music. So I uploaded an hour-long rant and breakdown of that because I honestly thought it was incredibly disappointing. And probably the I, worst I watched that one. film that I've seen this year to date. I don't get why people are giving that a pass. Uh, it really is quite heinous. Yeah, Rolling Stone gave it a pretty decent review. And then I also continued with Bill and Ted and I talked about the cartoon and how, uh, you know, some of it was good, but then uh, some of it was really bad. And uh, I got somebody who gave me crap for daring to mention the fact that some cartoons back in the day were actually a little bit too uh, contra- they were actually were politically incorrect in a way that people should have a problem with, you know, like when it's like just straight up racism without like any satire or any thought put into it. Was that did that happen in the Bill yes, and Ted cartoon? It happened in the second season. What happened with uh, you know, the Asian stereotypes? You know, the 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 typical Mm-mm. sort of accent and the whole thing of mm-hmm. they can't speak English. And they're doing that as a joke. You know, it's a really lazy, you know, uh, racist yeah. caricature and that's, stereotype. Like that's
0: that's my biggest that that's my biggest problem with uh with with uh, racial humor is when it's lazy. Yes. It's it's one thing if it, it's a racial joke, but it's it's like good and it's funny and it's clever, or it doesn't even have to be clever. It's just funny. That's fine. I don't care. I, I, if, if something's funny I'm going to laugh at it uh, but w- but if it's like just lazy and and, and the the um, intent is to just be offensive or annoying to people of that race then I don't care for it um but yeah I know, was just kind of I mean, shocked
1: by you know was just like wow like really for a kid's cartoon you're gonna you know yeah but it's... in less controversial stuff I the last video I did was actually about the Bill and Ted comic books because I bought uh, uh the collected uh, graphic novels of uh, Bill and Ted comics. So I got the Marvel Comics, which is a short-lived run that I think only lasted for 12 issues and then I bought the uh, most recent uh, paperback by Boom Comics, which has like three different storylines, which I honestly thought were really good and a lot of fun, and and really did uh uh carry over the same spirit of the franchise, and also uh really were satisfying continuations of the Bill and Ted uh, series uh, versus Face the Music or. Uh, you know, some of the cartoon, but the cartoon wasn't all bad. Cause this first season was one of the rare instances where you had an adaptation of a cartoon, you mean adaptation of a movie turned into a cartoon that actually had people involved from the film in the cartoon series. So in the first season, which was done by Hanna-Barbera animation, Keanu Reeves voiced, uh, Ted, Alex winter voiced bill and George Carlin also voiced Rufus. In, in that particular uh, season, which that's a rarity to have like actual actors involved in the film franchise also voice the characters in the animated version.
0: Yeah, for real. I mean, oh my God, that reminds me of that. I just had a horrible flashback.
1: Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite though, I, think, I was going to yeah.
0: say, oh my God. Yeah. That was such an awful fucking cartoon. It, it like, just totally, um, it was just a complete dis disservice to the original movie.
1: I mean, I'd rather watch Napoleon Dynamite, the cartoon series. You son over, of a like bitch. Life with Gregory or I mean Life with Gregory. Oh, I thought. I, Have you seen that I thought one? you were gonna say you'd rather watch
0: the cartoon than the movie.
1: No, I wasn't gonna say no. that. I said that 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 uh cartoon that Fox also did with Jonah Hill. Uh, uh-uh, I don't voicing this self absorbed uh just. Annoying fucking twat of a kid. And- yeah, it
0: didn't sound like I missed out on much with that one.
1: But they were like <laughs> sitting there trying
0: to act like uh, the, the the Napoleon Dynamite cartoon was like, "Oh, we're not gonna do a sequel, but this is you're gonna you're gonna get this instead." And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like this is not a acceptable substitution for, uh, you know, the original, but. You
1: know, to be perfectly honest, I remember watching a couple episodes and not hating it, but I haven't seen it in forever. So. Yeah, but they just took a lot of the tropes from. I remember one where they like they did the whole li- there was one of the ligers, like they really went hard. On oh the yeah, that was that was like
0: episode. that was you know, it it was okay. The thing is like the novelty with that movie like got like so- society took it and ran with it like the annoying kid in first grade who keeps saying fart over and over again. And at first, (laughs) at first, everyone laughs. Then the second time, he says it, people, you know, kind of chortle. And then the third time, you know, just kind of, eh. And then the fourth time, no one laughs. Then the fifth time, nothing. Then the sixth time, there's anger. Then the seventh, it's like, shut the fuck up! Like, that's pretty much what (laughs) they did with Napoleon Dynamite. At first, it was like, oh, my
1: God. That's that's why I honestly... I had like a little bit of like hatred for that film in high school. Cause I was just inundated with so much of it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Well, I like, see. I saw it the day it vote for Pedro uh-huh. and fucking all this other fucking yeah,
0: shit. It's, like, but see, again, just like anything else, like when it was small and underground, like and only like a few people knew about it, it was cool. And like, yeah, like yeah. It, it's like you wanted to wear the vote for Pedro shirt because it was like this un- this nod to this really cool underground indie movie. But then it became uber fucking mainstream, and everybody started saying gosh leave me alone and you know start just all Mm -hmm. the different quotes with uncle rico and kip and all that shit and it just got really just oversaturated and totally like cliche
1: um the cartoon also didn't come out at the right time oh dude it came out like years many many years after napoleon dynamite so the the fan base wasn't really necessarily as um vibrant or as alive and the new audiences were like what is this you know i'd rather watch family guy like what 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 are we doing here i remember
0: bill burr was hyping it on his podcast cuz i think i think it was like a paid promotion but he didn't say that he was getting paid to promote it and i just remember thinking bill burr is not the, the audience for this show he, No But he was
1: saying He did a good job with his own animated thing though I, I, Was it F is for family? is that, yeah. that Was that what it was? Yeah or? I watched a few episodes I didn't think it was that good I mean I'm not super big on it But I thought he did a good job in it Yeah You know it's one of those things where It's not necessarily You know Those family shows Like King of the Hill Like I know about it And I've seen episodes of it But I don't know, like, I've never been like, man, I really love King of the Hill. Oh, I, lo- I like, loved I've King never of the been. Hill back in the day. I definitely grew up yeah. watching that show. I've never been like one of those that's like, I love that show. I, I Like, if it was on, I'd watch it, but I'd be like, uh, eh, all right. You know, but I think there's a lot There's a lot of people who have that experience with that Pretty show. Pretty much anything Mike Judge does, I like. Just in general. Did you like the, what, the good family? I, I don't know about that. The one that he did after King of the Hill that lasted for, like, I don't even know if it lasted for a full season. It was, like, a a family of environmentalists or whatever. No, I haven't heard of that. Sounds like he's modeling that after uh, the
0: teacher, uh, uh, Van Dreesen, Beavis and Butthead's art teacher. (laughs) Beavis and Butthead, okay, you guys need to be more in touch with your feelings. Like, it sounded like he... Because he, he modeled uh, Hank Hill after uh, Mr. Anderson, their uh, neighbor. Yeah,
1: Mr. Anderson, for sure. Yeah, you yeah, so, could totally see so that. So it's
0: like he just is just taking all these archetypes that he built for the Beavis and Butthead world. And he's just making shows based on that. I mean, Hal Daria even got her own damn show, even though yeah. Mike Judge had nothing to do with that. Uh, he did design the character, though. All right, anyway, my YouTube channel, if you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Fuck, okay. Uh if you want to uh look up my shit, and it is shit, um go to youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Um I do videos on music, music related stuff. Um the last um you know video I did on my channel that's more in the style of what I do is a video called What's the Deal with Kids Bop? And I basically explore how the uh origins of kids bop and what is it- that was a fun one yeah i thought you did a good job with that thank you and how kids bop has turned into like this glo- big global thing but how i don't
1: understand why do these songs need to be kids bop eyes why and then not all of them i learned a new thing about kids bop uh thanks to uh, josh's video that not all of the kids bop songs are actually sung by kids yeah, nowadays, uh,
0: see, to sell that video a little bit harder. I said not, you know, because there are in the early days, this there were adults who sang um, on some of the songs.
1: <laughs> it's so fucking pathetic but, and bad that the vocals for that. Oh song. yeah, Hold
0: up, all the small things, true care, <laughs> love brings like
1: oh, shit.
0: i didn't mention this in the video but kids bop was um some lady who was involved with it was like the head of like the christian families association so it's oh so it's kind of got this like christian underpinning to it oh. um which you know doesn't surprise me that makes sense but like yeah they they did get a lot slicker with their production like in later kids bop uh, songs like they got better with the production to where the songs actually sounded more like the real thing um but I mean
1: but it's still not the real thing it's still not the
0: real thing and a lot of the songs that are on kids bop albums there's nothing wrong with the original there's nothing there's no swearing it's not even like no, like any sexual references yet it still has to be turned into a kid's bop song and that's what I don't understand I guess I can kind of understand doing a kitty version of a song. That's just too vulgar. Um,
1: but, I mean, there are some songs... But then you get cringe stuff with My Water Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah, um, <laughs> Uptown Funk. You know, the part in the song where he goes, Stop! Wait a minute. Fill my cup, put some liquor in it. The Kids bot version goes, Stop, wait a minute, fill my cup, put some water in it.
1: <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Not even soda. Yeah. Not even, you know, like... I mean, what kid is going to be like, stop, Fill my cup with some water?
0: (laughs) Kids love fucking water, man. Water is is not something you truly appreciate until you become old and your body starts shutting down like me.
1: Kids love water parks. Kids love, you know, they love. Yeah, but 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 uh, not drinking water. water. I fucking hated. I hated
0: water and I didn't understand why I needed to drink it when I was a kid. I would wake up in the middle of the night because of my shitty diet and I would be thirsty as fuck. And mm-hmm. I would go into the kitchen and I'd see, like, a bottle of grape soda, two liter. I'd take it and just chug me a huge swig of uh, the, the orange soda and i just go back to bed. Like, I cringe at the thought. So now that,
1: the, the grape soda turned into, can you imagine that? Like, you have grape soda and then, like, you leave it and then you go back and then it's orange soda. Oh, did I
0: say grape and then orange? Yeah. Can, that, can you imagine that's that shit? Not what. That's not the point you're supposed to focus on. The point was is that no. when I wanted my thirst quenched as a kid, I chugged fucking sugary soda.
1: Yeah, that's, how that's b-
0: definitely not gonna
1: help. Like a- uh but I thought I thought that'd be that'd be cool though if you had soda that would like just shift <laughs> chameleon soda. I'm
0: sure that they can figure that out. Apparently <laughs> what they can't figure out though is how to continue manufacturing my goddamn uh vanilla orange uh, Coke Zero. Because I feel yeah. As soon as the fucking pandemic hit, they started pulling those off
1: the shelves and like, oh I can't find my Metal Yellow in my in anywhere except at uh fast food places
0: yeah it's bullshit and they keep teasing me because i see the orange and black um bottle and i look real quick and it's only the plastic um 16 ounce uh regular flavor and i'm not drinking the regular flavor because that has like 200 calories in it and that's just needless calories i like i want the coke zero version in the can god damn it that was the most (laughs) delicious soda in the world and it had no calories and they got it got rid of it so i've had to settle this whole time for just regular coke Zero, and, oh my god just can't stand that and, <laughs> all right fuck for fuck's sake so please uh go check out my youtube channel youtube.com slash dance with ghosts dancing with ghosts is also my band that i've talked about ad nauseum um listen to us on spotify you might like some of it Um, I hope you enjoyed the uh, cover at the beginning of this podcast. Is the um, Chris Rogers challenged me to cover some roll call music for a miss or a wanted segment on Unsolved Mysteries? And I don't know. I guess this track just spoke to Chris. It's the most random music cue ever that he could have brought up. He could have said, "Cover the intro, cover the endings music, cover the update music." Nope he wanted me to cover music from a random wanted segment on like this random episode. So I said, it
1: works out really well though. I Cause said, Josh did a fantastic job with it. Thank
0: you. So I said, fuck it. I love the music on this show. So I think it would be a fun challenge. And uh, yeah, I did it. I fucking made it on my uh, program that I used to write a uh, dance with ghost songs. And I had a lot of those like eighties synthesizer sounds and a lot of those eighties drum sounds yes. anyway. So I just wanted a reason to use those because I never get to use those in my own music because, um, you know, obviously I don't want to make a song and people go, oh, it sounds too 80s because I used to get that a lot
1: and it annoyed well, me. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, there's an audience for that. Uh, there's a there's a growing audience for uh, stuff called New Retro Wave.
0: Yeah, uh, so. that, that weekend song, Blinding Lights, that is a straight yes. up, like, synth 80s pop. Yeah. And it's, like, huge. I mean...
1: I heard a song on the radio at work, and I'm like, this sounds like a song by the band I Like FM84, but it's not actually by them, but it has like a very similar vibe to it. Yeah,
0: We jumped on that bandwagon with a song called Faded Neon. It's very Mm -hmm. Um, retro-sounding. So anyway, this podcast has lasted way too long. That's all the time (laughs) that I have. uh, All fucking, yet again, two more hours of it. Most of it (laughs) not having to do with anything of significance Uh, (laughs) until next time have a good rest of your day and or night bye see ya